How's everybody doing? Good. We're going to continue our series in the, the world's greatest prayer. Uh, it's been a lot of fun just uh, picking a line at a time, if you will, just digging through the Lord's Prayer and seeing what God wants to say to us. And hopefully it's building your effectiveness in your prayer life. So uh, if you have a Bible, open it over to the sixth chapter of Matthew. Uh, this 13th verse is our crux of the text this morning. And we'll look at a lot of other passages. And uh, if you look at your worship guide, hopefully you got one when you came in. Uh, we had a big crowd first service. I hope we had enough. Did everybody get a worship guy when you came in? Hopefully so. And if not, just take the person's next to you and say, hey, love me in Jesus. Okay. So uh, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. This is uh, man, a really, really powerful study about the war that's going on. This is, uh, this is a prayer of protection. Uh, I've shared with you before that uh, I pray a lot of prayers in my life through the course of a day, but one of the first early morning prayers that I pray a prayer of blessing and protection over my girls. I feel like that's my job is their uh, uh, home priest, not just as a pastor. And so men, and if you're single moms or whatever, I just encourage you, all of you, I encourage you to pray prayer uh, of protection and hedges of protection around your kids and around one another. And uh, I'm convinced that we wear out some angels. How about you? <laughs> I'm convinced that we probably are spared a lot of wrecks just because we cried out saying, Lord, God of heaven, I can't do this. And I need you to protect me. And I need you to take care of it. So today we're going to talk about temptation. And I'm probably in good company because you probably struggle with temptation just like I do. Uh, the trick of the enemy is to let us think that we are the only ones that are going through a particular trial. We think nobody else struggles with this, only me. And that is just a lie from the pit. Everybody struggles. I mean, if you think you're super Christian or you're uh, not a very good Christian or you're not even a believer, you're considering the claims of Christ, Everybody struggles with it. So uh, as we look at this, God calls his people, has always called his people to avoid sin, to abstain from sin patterns, and to press in and follow God hard. Uh, the definition of temptation in the original language means to entice or to solicit somebody to go from here over to here. So for us as Christ followers, it means that when we get saved, when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we join up with God. And we become in his team. The Bible says we get adopted into the family of God. So therefore, if we have that position, it means the enemy is trying to, to lurch and he's trying to come against us because he cannot stand it because we have power now. We have influence. We have witness. We love God. And he, that's all he wants us is not to love God, not to follow God, not to make God known. So if you feel a very war within your soul, it's because it is. Like right now, there, there's a war going on in the heavenlies over our spiritual condition. And uh, some people are like, well, get in the tanks, get in the guns, let's shoot them. Well, I mean, you can't, but there's other weapons that we'll talk about a little later in the service. But there's obvious kinds of temptation. There's a lot of sexual temptation in our day. I mean, you can't go to the movie, you can't turn on the television, you can't look at a billboard, you can't do a magazine, you can't uh, uh, look at the Internet, all these images come in. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just everywhere. There's, there's affairs, there's uh, emotional affairs, there's affairs of the heart. There's physical affairs. I mean, it's just all this sexual promiscuity, immorality just goes everywhere and it tries to rip us up. And then there's this uh, substance abuse. There's uh, the, the challenge with uh, drugs and alcohol, and certainly our body is not exempt from that. We have people that battle that. We have some people that are overcomers this morning. We have some others that are, are finding help. Even this week, they're, they're in some programs to try to help them with that. And you're saying, well, I'm not dealing with drugs or sex or alcohol. 
Well, maybe you're in the overspending club. How many of you have ever overspend? You just, man, you go and you just spend. You're like, well, man, I need help. Well, there's a temptation because, like, you know you've got X number of dollars in your uh, checkbook. Or you go, well, I got a credit card. Well, that's dumb. And you go, I got a big limit. Yeah, and you pay the minimum, and you'll be paying for that until Jesus comes. So you need to go to Financial Peace University or Crown Financial. We offer both of those. Like, uh, Rico, I just looked at and saw you. Uh, you work at a really cool store, Rico. Like, Rico works right over here at Home Depot. And that is like that is like a man's store, isn't it? I mean, it, it, can you men find anything you want in there? I mean, yeah, man, you walk through there and you might see Rigo smiling. You might not. And he's doing inventory. He's hoping you'll buy more of it. You know, get four. And uh, it probably affects your profit sharing. But but the bottom line is you're just looking at me. And you go in the store. You go, are you girls? You go to the mall or you go into a dress shop or you see a purse or some sunglasses or you see shoes or whatever. And, and the people like me, here's what we here's what we overspend on. Food. I mean, man, we, you know, we, we, we see some food and it looks good and scrumptious and let's have a little bit and... You know, whatever. So there's all this thing, but God, in the in the sixth chapter, look, let's just look there together. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Let's just read the text. He says, and lead us, in verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver, circle the word deliver, deliver us from the evil one. Jesus knew that in 2008, you and I would be struggling with evil every day. He knew that all Christ followers would struggle with evil and trying to be delivered from that. So he, uh, he tries to help us out and he gives us some, some warning. So listen to the first blank. God's people are to resist sin, not to fall into it, not to stay in it, not to camp at it, but to, to resist it, to, to push it back. Uh, the, the Bible says is those that are born of God have the ability, the capacity to resist sin. So this morning, you and I don't have to stay there. First Peter 2.11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. And there's that war that I'm talking about. Man, there's this fierce battle going on for our minds and hearts and our attention in Christ. And, and the devil, he's winning a lot of it. So uh, as I think about it, uh, here's one. There, there's a, it's not a holiday, I almost call it a holiday. It is not a holiday. Would you call April 15th a holiday? That is not a holiday. April 15th is coming up. And, and what does that mean? Let's pay our, yeah. And we all get excited about being American citizens. Well, we do like being American citizens, but we don't like paying taxes. And you're like, well, I'll get a refund. Well, that's cool, but most people don't get much of a refund. Maybe you get a little refund. Well, Christians and non-Christians if they're struggling with money and they don't know how ends are going to meet, they are tempted to cheat on their taxes. And you're like, well, Christ followers shouldn't do that. And the people said, yeah, but we're tempted to. Yeah, see, nobody wants to say it in church like, well, I don't want anybody to think I'm scum, but, you know, I, you know, the government gets off. I mean, and I'm saying, and you say, well, we do creative Accounting at our house. No, 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 no. We don't want you to go to prison. We'll go to max. We'll see you. But, uh, but, but you, but you, you want to pay your part. But you, but you, maybe you're tempted there. Maybe you're tempted to uh, fool around. You know, that definitely gets a lot of people in trouble. Uh, just, I could just list temptation after temptation. And the thing is, you would find this morning if we broke out in small groups, there would be people in your small group that struggle with that same thing you struggle with, and you thought you were unique. And then there'd be other people that struggle with this and with this and this. And if you get our whole body, both services, so we could have these huge support groups of people struggling. Matter of fact, right now, we even have some people in our church that are meeting together to encourage one another to 
keep sin from hardening their heart. So it's a great thing. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For these are some of the ignorant of God. And I say this to, to your shame. Well, look at this. He says, come back to your senses. Stop it. Stop sinning. I mean, that, that's the way of, of Christ is not to live and dwell and fall and abide in sin, but it's to, to walk in righteousness. So God tries to speak to us. Here's the next point. The Christian life is a constant struggle against sin. I'm going to give you a very practical word this morning about this. Because Christ followers and non-Christ followers, I mean, they're just kept in sin, but those that follow Christ and try to follow Him hard, they struggle with it. Here it is. Avoid places and persons. Ask God, God, is this a place that I know I'm not going to be strong or I'm not going to be effective as a witness for you? I need to avoid this place. This, this environment will take me down. Or let's just be honest. Maybe there's certain people that you know. I mean, don't yell their name out, but maybe there's people that you know when you're around them, your behavior is less than Christ-like. You know that you, you, you know what Corinthians says, uh, bad company corrupts character. Would you agree that who you hang around, you become like those people? Would you, would you agree with that? I mean, if, if we hang around somebody that says a certain language and we hang around them enough, we will begin to speak like them and even use their inflection. If they begin to do certain activities, there's a great chance, not always, that we will begin to do the activity they do because they, we associate with them. But the Christian life is a struggle. Um, I was reading the Discipleship Journal study and it says temptations were more potent when one neglected their time with God. 81% of the people that didn't have consistent devotions said, I was more tempted and I fell into sin more because I didn't have a walk with God or were very consistent. And then we're going to say those that are physically tired, 57% of those people fell into temptation. They fell into sin. Do you find when you're tired that it's really hard that you find yourself wanting to sin or you find yourself falling into more sin? Do I have a witness? Let, let me tell you, Sunday afternoons would be a, a very tough time or is a very tough time for me I'm exhausted. When I finish here, I've been up Saturday night studying to about 12, 12.30. I come here all day, give it everything I've got. And then uh, so I could find that sin would want to creep in on me and find a place to dwell. So I just need to know, man, you need to take a nap. You need to uh, do this. You need to do that. You need to have your guard up. I mean, you might say, well, Keith, it's Monday or it's Wednesday or it's Friday in my office. I find that I'm, or when I get home, well, just know yourself. I mean, uh, like uh, maybe you don't need to use the remote on Sunday or something. Maybe that's a time you know if you start surfing too much and you're really tired, you might get to somewhere you... I'm really getting honest, aren't I? Hello? Is, is anybody anybody out there? It's uncomfortable? Okay, well, that's what I want it to be. Okay. All right. Um, here, here's a thought. Do not be surprised by temptation because everybody uh, is subject to it and everybody's common to that. Um, there's a passage here in Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you or me will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's how sin is, and it just has a way of, uh, of trying to get after us. I'm going to invite you to look at the screen with me for a moment. There's a passage from uh, the seventh chapter of Romans, and it's very well done, and I think it will speak to your soul. So watch the screen with me. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. 
for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all of my heart. But there is another power in me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Very well put. Because of our sinful nature, we're slaves to sin. Can, can anybody identify with that passage, that dramatic reading? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, nailed us. But the great thing was, it wasn't like a commentary. It was just God's Word. And you go, so the Apostle Paul knew that we would have the, those kind of struggles or those similar struggles this morning. First Peter chapter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be self-controlled and alert. That's a key for Christ followers, to be alert, to be on your guard. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So in ages past, today, and in the future, people will have the same kind of struggles with sin and temptation that we have even this morning. So the church should be a refuge. The church should be a place of comfort. The church should be a place of acceptance that we find strength to help one another. Not a place of condemnation, a place of correction, a place of rebuke if need be, but a place that we find strength one from the other. As Christ followers, fill this in. We are to put to death what is sinful to us. Let's, let's have a funeral. Let's die to these things that are, are trying to rise up in power in our life. Uh, Colossians 3, 5. Paul puts it so well. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Paul says there's no room in the flesh. There, there, there's no room for your flesh to make room to do sin. 
uh, when I was in college, we had a term, uh, uh, you know, I became a Christ follower at 19, and we had this term called flesh break. I don't, I don't know who coined it. It was a horrible deal. And the guy said, hey, we're, and there'd be this really nice-looking girl walking across the campus, and he'd go, hey, flesh break. Well, man, my flesh was already taking a break. How about you, hello? And, and my flesh didn't need permission to take a flesh break. My flesh needed to, to die that I could exalt Jesus Christ. Well, today, we need to not take flesh breaks. I, I don't know who coined this phrase. It just was like, man, he was trying to get us in sin. Romans 8.13. For if we live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, then you live. You experience life to the full. You experience life uh, to the max in Christ. So there's six perspectives on temptation that I want us to look at. Get ready to write. Number one, temptation will strike you and I at our weakest point. It, I mean, it does strike us where we're strong, but those very places that we find discouragement, uh, defeat, uh, weakness, sometimes almost insurmountable, that's where the devil comes. It could be that you're having a medical problem, your health, illness, disease, sickness, and you always seem to be affected by illnesses, so you get affected there. You have a problem managing money, and, you're, and your, your finances are always under attack. Do you know what I'm saying, church? Hello? You're like, yeah, man, I know what you're saying. There's a financial and medical problem. Uh, your family. Your family is struggling. There's a dysfunction, and everybody knows it. You might as well just admit it, and, and that's where you get attacked. And, and we could just go through scenario after scenario and go, uh, there's an emptiness inside my heart, and that's where the devil comes to fight. This morning, do you find your heart uh, a little less than satisfied with God? That song that Adam and the team sang, I love it. I heard it about a year ago, and I was so excited they did it this morning. Yes, you do. You've stolen my heart. Jesus, steal my heart. Captivate my heart. Let's make it Jesus captivate our hearts. Why don't you tell Jesus right now, Lord Jesus, captivate my heart. Capture my heart, my mind, my attention, my energy. So we identify our weaknesses. We need to connect to God as a source of our being, of, of our life, and we move on. But Satan wants to cut you off from God. He wants to sever you from the vine of fruitfulness. Because he knows if you want to abide in Christ then he has an opportunity just to win and do havoc in your life and destroy you because he could care less. Number two, the law, as we saw in Romans, arouses sinful passions. I mean, you just, man, sin just comes in and you didn't even know about sin until you had the law and then the law came and Romans 7, 5 says, for when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies so that we bore fruit and that was fruit unto death. They're like, man, that's not where I want to be. See, Moses came down from the mountain, and he had the tablets, the law of God. And this is what you should do, and this is what you shouldn't do. And that was an awesome thing. We read about it there in the Old Testament. But let me tell you, but because we have the law, there's another part. There, there's a part of our, our flesh that wants more. It wants to lust. It wants to be envious. It wants to be jealous. It, it, it wants to go uh, for the things of this world, the, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. I mean, it's just like, God, there's no future here. And so this law created these things, and you realize that you can't live and, and obey the law. I mean, not to the full. You just can't do it. That's why we need Jesus. We need Jesus because we have the law. The law drives you and I to Jesus Christ. That's a great place for an amen. 
Yeah, I, I just amen myself. That's what Sherwood Coffin said. You know, big black pastor. I, I love this guy. He, he'll be preaching. He'll go, well, I just amen myself right now. So I'm just going to start doing that if y'all don't amen me. Okay. All right. So there's, it's a place of grace. Uh, here it is. I'm, I'm going to set it up for you. Uh, if you have, I'm just curious, in this service, the last service was flooded with people in this situation. If you have uh, young kids, uh, 7, 8, 9, 10 years, 10 years and under, would you just stand up? Just, you have kids 10, 10 and under. Just stand up. Yeah. Okay. I've got a gift for y'all. All the people that are seated, they want to babysit you. No, no, no I'm just kidding. Okay. But anyway, I just want y'all to look. Just kind of get a, an observation. Okay. I'm seeing. Right, y'all be seated. Now, now here's what we're going to do. Now, uh, you know, in, in the garden, it all starts there, and they uh, and they were told not to eat the the tree the tree of life, the forbidden fruit, the apple, and they did because they were told they couldn't eat it. Well, here's what happens: all the people that were seated down, uh, they they come to your house and they want to take care of your kids. So you and your wife, or you and your husband, you go on a date. You, you just go off and do something fun. So uh, so before you leave. You take, uh, Ben, let's pick on you, man. Let's, uh, let's say Neva is there and, and you say to Neva, now I want you to really be nice. I want you to be on your best behavior for the people that are coming. Dad, now I will. Now Neva, uh, I want you to know there's stuff in the pantry. You need anything, but don't eat those chocolate chip cookies on the top shelf of the pantry. And Neva goes, yes, sir. As soon as Ben and Kim get out of the house, Neva's in there. And if it's not her, it's her brother. Now, is that not true with us? If somebody tells you not to do something, what do you do? You want to do that very thing because you were made aware of it. Uh, I was talking last service about uh, I have a convertible. And, uh, and, and so I go off and say I leave the car at home. I go, now, Hannah, now you're a great kid. You're 18. You're a senior. You love Jesus, but you're tempted. Do not drive dad's convertible. What's the very thing she wants to do? Now, I don't know if she's been driving it or not. She's told me she hadn't, you know, whenever I leave. But do we not do that when we're, when we're told you've been aware, you've been, you, a standard has been issued, and you do what? Man, it's killing you. Like, like no, don't, don't go spend that money. Don't, don't, don't let it burn a hole in your pocket. Man, you can't wait to get to the mall, can you? Because somebody told you not to do it. Well, that's what, that's what the law does. The law shows you there's, there's another way. Actually, the Word of God, the law, the commandments... It has a much better way. But we don't follow that way, and it's called sin because temptation is fun, and, and it leads us down a path that, that hurts us. So but you understand there's sinful passions. Look at the third one. Willpower is overrated. If I just have enough discipline, I can do anything. No, no, you can't. Now, discipline is good, and, and we need that, but willpower is not enough. Colossians chapter 2, 20 through 23 begins to really talk about this since you died with christ to the basic principles of this world why as though you still belong to it do you submit to its rules and he, and he goes through this long dissertation about indulgence of the flesh and what we should do and what we shouldn't do but i know this in the fall our hearts our minds our willpower was broken it, it was robbed of, of of what it could have been and one day god will restore that but uh if, if, if we thought we could do it in the flesh, we wouldn't need Jesus. Because if we just could get enough willpower, we would rename our church. Church of the Self-Help, 8285 Ryan Road. Who wants to go to that church? Y'all, you and I cannot do anything good in our flesh. We need Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that's just the bottom line. Like God, the, Luke 19.10 says, The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. 
Save means in the Greek to restore to, to bring it to a new condition, to recreate it, to, to go back. And God wants to rebuild us. He wants to make us new in Jesus Christ. It's not more discipline. God has a path. And look at it, 613. Lead us not into temptation. How many of you are going to struggle with temptation? Man, absolutely, man. When you leave here, you're going to be struggling with temptation. Do I bump that person in front of me in Jesus' name? Do I tell them to get out of the way? Do I use hand gestures? Do I push them down? Do I cut in front of them? Here, here's one all the time. I'll go out and eat, whatever. And, and uh, the other day, I was with somebody a few weeks ago, and the girl, man, I don't know what happened, but, man, the girl just gave me back so much money. I mean, my lunch was, like, going to be free. Like, it was free to eat there. And I said, I said, ma'am, I said, uh, you've done your math wrong. I said, you've given me all this money back. I, I need to give it back to you. I said, you need to check that. And she just looked at me like, whatever. And I walked out of the door, and I went, that was rude. I just helped her. When she closed, her register is not going to match. But she was having an attitude. At the same time, there was a greater work in me. I knew if I ripped her off, God wouldn't give me any peace. You know what I'm saying? I also had a friend with me, so that was another reason. I would, I would have done it anyway. But I wanted, I wanted to be a good witness. Now, how many of you today, if you go to lunch and, and you give somebody $20 and they give you back $19.32 and you just ate an eight seventy five meal, how many of you would think, must be God's favor in my life. No, basically there's an idiot working behind a cash register that needs some help. No, 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 I'm just teasing. They were just having a tough day and, and, and they needed assistance. You wait. Today somebody's going to uh, get an opportunity to exercise uh, discipline here. Look, look at the fourth point. Realize the reality of spiritual warfare. Warfare, as we talked about earlier, is all around us. It's strong. It's coming. And when you become a Christ follower, Satan launches a counterattack to who you are. Because he lurches in the shadows. He can't stand you to make progress in God. He can't stand you to boast in who God is. He can't stand for you to proclaim the excellency of his name. He, he wants to nullify that. So there's a war on, and yet he doesn't want you to enjoy the life you now have in Jesus Christ. We've got to find out, well, God, then I, I can't give in. So here's where Satan attacks us. I, I forgot to talk about this last service. First place he attacks us is in our mind. He begins to give us different thoughts. He begins to feed us lies. So he attacks our mind. Then I be, be, believe that he attacks our body. And I believe he attacks our spirit in, in just so many places that he comes against us. And just this morning, this is how good God is. Is I'm, I'm having a devotional this morning. Uh, I wasn't doing word search. God, give me another word for evil or protection. I mean, I've been studying this all week. But listen to what God gave me. This is how faithful the Father is. Write down Psalm 69, 29. This verse pierced my heart today. It says, I am in pain and distress. May your salvation, O God, protect me. When I started this message, I said this is a prayer of protection. And God gave me the exact word. I mean, I wasn't looking like, God, can I get close? It's just like, God, may your grace, may your deliverance, may your mercy encamp around me. May your uh, salvation protect me. And, and God's so faithful. It's, it's like if you'll turn to uh, Ephesians. Will you turn to Ephesians 6? I won't read all this for sake of time, but I want you to uh, draw a box around it or make a mark or say, come back here. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 
He says in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And he goes, put on the full armor of God. Y'all, I'm going to tell you my habit as a Christ follower. And I encourage every person to do the same. Every single day, every single morning that I get up and draw breath, and that means every day of my life, I get up and I put on the full armor of God. I go, God, I want to put on the helmet of salvation to protect my mind and your full deliverance. And I put on my helmet right now. And Lord Jesus, I put on my breastplate of righteousness that you might protect those things from my heart and protect me from evil. And I put on the belt of truth and I put on the the shoes of the gospel of peace that I might carry the gospel today. And God, I carry my shield of faith that I might extinguish the darts of the evil one. And yes, Lord, I take up the offensive. I take up the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And God, I put on the full armor because today, God, I do battle in Jesus' name. How many of you do that? How many of you put on the armor every day? Not enough of you. Write it down. But don't write it down. Don't just hear me. Do it. Be doers of the words of God. I want to have victory in Jesus Christ. Put on the armor, y'all. I mean, we're in a war. You're like, well, I don't see no tanks running through the parking lot yet. Well, I hope you don't ever see tanks that run through the parking lot. But I hope that you say, I'm going to go against the adversary because the enemy strikes us. I'll tell you another thought about that quickly. He strikes against us, but we strike brother to brother, sister to sister. We don't need to fight each other. We need to fight our adversary, the devil. Amen? Let's quit fighting each other in the church and go, man, let's, let's fight who is due our combat. The fifth point. Move there quickly with me. Temptation reveals what's in our hearts. When Abraham went up to the mountain to make sacrifice of Isaac to God, his love, beloved son. You know that he was thinking, I don't want to give up my son. Man, we've journeyed together. We've done life. He's going to carry on my name. I mean, man, this is my boy. But God knew that the sacrifice or the commitment to sacrifice would reveal what was really in his heart. This morning, God calls you and I to sacrifices. He calls us to steps of obedience. And in our steps of obedience, it reveals to God and it reveals to us and to others what's really in our heart. To be tempted means to take a test. It means to be under trial. And we all have to go under trial. I mean, you think of uh, past certain sins, you know, that you've been tempted by. And you, either you fail or you stood. You fail or you stood. My prayer today is that you stand victorious in Christ because you put on the armor of God, you get infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, you walk up rightly. But temptation will always let you know what's in your heart. How many of you have done this? You you say something, you do something really ugly, and you go, oh, I don't know where that came from. That came from the hidden chamber of my heart. No, what you mean to say is, I got caught. <laughs> I said something that I was feeling. And I didn't mean to say it. Do I have a witness on this point right here? Is It's really getting quiet in here. I mean, do y'all say stuff? Man, I say stuff all the time. I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm a communicator. I teach. I run my mouth. Amen. <laughs> and by running my mouth, I do it a lot. And sometimes I get in trouble. Oh, I, don't, I didn't mean to say that. That was not appropriate. God's talking to me right now about a transformed heart. Can he talk to you about a transformed heart this morning? He wants to. And the sixth point, temptation can reinforce our will. See, as you go to the gym and you build muscle mass and you define and you cut your body and you exercise the muscle in your, your biceps and your triceps and your lats and everything grows and you deltoids, you're impressing all these muscle groups and, and you, uh, and your pecs or whatever and you, and you grow and you develop. It's because you meet the resistance and you exercise it. 
the same way spiritually. As you exercise your will in Christ Jesus, as you exercise overcoming, you build your spiritual muscle, you build up your spiritual resolve to overcome sin. And some of us are just probably too weak this morning, and, and we yield to the temptation, and we've been knocked down, and we failed the test, we failed the trial. But I was doing some study on this word about the word trial, temptation, test. And it's a neutral term in the Greek. We always think temptation, sexual immorality. Well, that's always important. But there's so many temptations. But the word really is it's a neutral text. It's what we do with it, how we spin it. And God wants us to give us victory. First Timothy 4, 7. It says, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself. You and I can train ourselves to be spiritual and godly like Jesus Christ, just like we can train ourselves to run marathons and run the mile and do elliptical and do weights, aerobics, spinning, gravity, whatever exercise you're doing. As you train yourself to do that, you can train yourself to be godly in Jesus Christ. Is that a good word? This morning, you're going, oh, I'm not as spiritual as the person next to me. It might be because they have exercised their spiritual muscles for a long time. And it's time for you to start. When people start exercising in the physical, they don't automatically get there and they run the mileage or they do the time. I've been riding the bike for 15, 16 years. It would be hard for you to go in the gym and ride the bike with me and keep up. I mean, I've just, I've done that. I've developed an endurance to do that. I've lifted weights since I was 14 years old. I mean, now I don't lift the weights I used to, but still I can run into a weight room and I can throw up the weight. And if you don't do that, you don't just walk in there. Now, some of you would because you're young. But, but, but as I'm aging, I am finding this in the gym. I'm not finding as many people my age now as I used to, which is a little depressing when you look around and you see all these young bucks in the gym. And you're like, oh, hmm, I remember them. And they do a lot more weight than me. And I used to get intimidated by that because I, I used to do big weight and I got prideful. And now I'm like, hey, I'm just glad to be in the gym. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and hey, it's not hurting. And, and, and I do my weights and, and I run through my light routine. And, man, I, I get buffed, you know, for, for a moment. You know, you pull your gut in so you look good. And, and, and you walk off. You, man, you just feel like, hey, I need to do that. Because I don't want people to grab my arms and go, what is that? There used to be a muscle in there somewhere. Well, yeah, you want to see pictures of 20 years ago? No, I exercise it. Well, if I do that for physical training, how much more is godly training in Jesus Christ? A bunch. And some of you are going, well, I don't exercise, I don't read my Bible. Well, then you, that's why you're losing. That's why you're falling in sin. Well, I don't pray very much. Well, that's why you're losing. I'm not in fellowship. I'm not in small group. I'm not in ABF. I don't study God's Word. Well, that's why you're not making progress. Can I give you all a secret? I think the second service gets better. Can I just tell you all that? You see, when you preach this stuff twice, it just gets more and more in your spirit. Don't tell anybody that, okay? Yeah, just keep coming a second. We're trying to get more people in this service. It just, it just works that way. God is a deliverer. His love for his children. He says, pray for deliverance. Listen to this quickly. And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Psalm 50, 15. You're in trouble. There's a prescription. Call on God. He delivers. The six steps of temptation. Quickly. Wow. i got to hurry here. Get with it, Brother Keith. All right. Ready? Number one, deceit. We get fooled by the sin pattern. We get fooled. The devil tricks us. We we fall into it. We buy into it. We think nobody will get hurt. Well, that's a lie. Every time you and I sin, others get hurt. And we, I could just talk on that for 30 minutes. Fail marriages, fail relationships and kids, fail pastors. Oh, man, just deceit. It moves to point two. It moves to delight. 
you, you delight in this sin. You delight in the temptation. You are lured by the bait. You're enticed. It, it, somehow you feel like, well, this seems like this would be fun. Well, sin is fun for a season. And the third, it moves into desire. We're all tempted by our own evil desires that live within our heart. These own evil enticements and lusts that dwell within every man and woman, boy and girl. And God says, so it moves to deceit, to delight, to desire, and then it moves to deliberation. Then you begin to deliberate in your mind and you entertain the idea and it's really not that bad and it's just this once and does God really care or can I get it away with it? Like, no, you, number says your sin will find you out, but we deliberate. And then the fifth thing, it moves into defeat. This is the pathway to misery. This is the pathway to destruction. That's what temptation, it starts with deceit, delight, desire, deliberation, and, and then you finally just go, man, I'm like just really sucking air. I'm, I've been defeated and, and doubt, depression. And then it moves to the sixth, and this is critical, despair, death. That's where sin leads. That's where temptation leads. It means there's no, uh, the life that I thought I was living or that I wanted to live, there's a lack thereof. I have been... Absorbed by the enemy. He has seduced me into sin. James 1 is a great passage. James 1 and 2, if you want to look more about temptation. And, and he talks about it. So don't give in to the temptation. I wrote down these thoughts last night. Do not give in to temptation or it will eventually become your master. If you give in to temptation, it will become your master, not Jesus Christ. And here's three things. It would ruin your credibility. Your credibility will be void. Your credibility, you can say all the Jesus things, you can say the church things, you can say this, but your credibility plummets. Secondly, it disqualifies you from being an effective witness for Christ. When you fall into temptation, you might wear the Christian t-shirt, you might have the Christian fish on your car, you might come to this church every time the doors are open, but your witness has been compromised. And the third thing is it keeps you from being promoted. In the natural, in the business world, if people know you to be of shady character, there are many people who do not get the promotion because their temptation, their sin pattern found them out. And they go, you can't be trusted. And in the church of Jesus Christ, I will assure you, you won't be promoted. And my prayers, our church will be promoted to not regional, but world global influence. How many of you want our church to be a global church? I do. I pray for that all the time. And part of it is we have to make sure we have proper Influence. Now, move to the last part as I'm coming down the downslope. This is critical. How can I overcome temptation? Fight. Stand up. Put your boxing gloves on. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Put on the armor of God. Ephesians 6. Put on the full armor. Do battle in his strength. But I wrote down this quote. As believers, we do not fight for victory. We fight from victory in Christ. We don't fight for the victory. We fight from victory. The victory was won thousands of years ago at the cross of Golgotha when Jesus Christ was crucified, died, buried. On the third day, He was gloriously arose from the dead and He has conquered sin once and for all. Glory to the King of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we have the victory. You know, somebody wanted to clap. You didn't know what you wanted to do. Okay, I just amen myself right there. Okay, anyway, but you see here, the power is invincible. We have to fight. We're not chumps for Jesus. How many of you want to be a chump or a champion? I want to be a champion. Oh, these are my chumps in my class. These are my chumps on my team. Like, hey, man, forget that. How many of you want to watch a ball game that's got a bunch of chumps or champions? 
I mean, Jessica, you just won a, a I almost said world championship, a national championship. I mean, if y'all went out there and y'all couldn't even do uh, cartwheels and flips and stuff, man, and y'all just all out there, man, we're just glad to be here and falling down and looking like you're goofy. I mean, you've been like, man, look at them chumps from Montgomery. Well, y'all were disciplined and you won, so you fight. Look at, listen to this. You refocus your attention. James 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he flees from you. That's God's promise. Point two, follow Christ. Sit under godly teaching. Every weekend I purpose to give you God's word the best that I understand it. Sit under godly ABF and small group teachers. Sit under godly uh, other teachers. Sit and uh, go to conferences. Uh, listen to faith radio. But saturate, soak yourself with the word of God, church. Follow Christ. James 4, 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Don't be double-minded. Have a single focus, clarity for Jesus. The third, flee. Run, baby, run. That's what it says in the Greek. No, it didn't say that, but it, it implies that. Get out of Dodge. Don't hang around sin. I wrote down two thoughts on this. With your mind, flee. Don't entertain that thought any longer. Don't fill your mind with images that you don't need. Flee. With your feet, run. How many of you know what the word in the Greek, you know what it means, flee? Run. Get fast. It doesn't mean just take a little small trot or a little walk. No, man, run. And, you know, uh, when I think about Joseph, Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Do y'all want to see her picture? I have it here. It's a cool, man, she is the best. She's a good-looking woman. You want to say? No, I don't have a picture of Potiphar's wife in my Bible. Even if we had one, I wouldn't have my Bible. I got a babe. You know, I got, oh, she's in the front hall teaching. Anyway, y'all tell her. But I, I love my wife. But Joseph and Potiphar, man, Potiphar, man, I think she was probably a voluptuous, good looking woman, and she wanted Joseph. And he said, Look, your husband, he is my master. He has been good to me. And I cannot distrust the confidence he's placed in me. But more than that, I can't go against my God. He's too great. So Joseph, the Bible says that he fled and she had the clothes in his hand when he ran off. So for some of us, we just need to, not for some of us, all of us need to run from sin. I mean, this is sexual sin, but it's any kind of sin. God just says the, the key here is, is run, is to flee. Flee, listen to 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee the evil desires of your youth. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee sexual immorality, but run. Get spiritual resolve. Ed Young said it this way, starve what you want to kill and feed what you want to build. Starve that flesh which you want to kill and feed the spirit man which you want to build up in Jesus Christ. That's, that's a great word for the church. So the fourth point, the last one is feed. Feed. Feed on God's word. Feed on God's truth. Feed with his people. Colossians 3.16. Just turn there with me. If you have a Bible, Colossians 3.16. The word of the Lord says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. He started it off. Let the word of Christ dwell, abide, fill you and me richly. And a man does not live by bread alone, but he lives by the word of God that proceeds from the mouth of the throne of heaven. The psalmist says, Lord, I have hidden your word in my heart 
that I might not sin against you. Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is so weak. That's where you and I are today. Temptation, the flesh. Flesh will get you in trouble every time. It gets me in trouble. It'll get you in trouble. But Jesus wants to give us victory. So right now, as we're coming down to the end of another Sunday morning, bow your heads and open your hearts to Jesus. And just, Lord, would you do a new work in us? Would you teach us to look to you, Jesus, for the necessary strength that we need and is the source of life? Help us to admit our sins before you. And as we acknowledge, God, we have sinned. Help us to list those right now. Maybe specifically you've given us sin, and we acknowledge that sin before you. And then would you open your heart to the Savior this day? Would you open your heart to the love of Christ that's being shed abroad in your heart right now? And say, Lord Jesus, come and dwell in me and save me, a sinner. Wash me by your blood and make me your child. Be my Savior and my Lord and my King. If anybody did that, would you just raise your hand? We had several kids in the last service that did that. Did anybody do that? Just made a prayer of invitation. Well, here's what I'd invite you to do. If you made that prayer, make a journey across the room to see Mike at the cross. Or maybe you just go over there. Last weekend, so many people responded. And, and maybe you just want to go over and say, would you pray for me? But during this time, I invite some of you quickly with eyes closed. Maybe you just need to slide up and go find spiritual strength or an encouragement or direction. Go over to the cross. Take a walk across the room. God, we thank you for your presence. Build us strong in Christ Jesus. Amen.